That's what you've been waiting for. We're going to break down this year's BC budget, all the information that we got with the help of Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Have you come across the right word to describe the budget? (laughs) Metaphor alert. So I see my colleagues all struggling to come up with the right metaphor. Was it a tide of red ink, a tsunami of red ink? I went with an atmospheric river of red ink. Mind on Mark Madriga. What would Mark Madriga say? Uh, Yeah, it, it really was staggering to just contemplate this. I mean, you've got massive increase in the provincial debt and a record record deficit, not one, but three record-breaking deficits. And I think, because I've heard the New Democrats on this issue, I think it's important to point out the record that the EB government is breaking here. The previous record deficit in British Columbia was set at the depths of the pandemic when we had an actual crisis and a consensus of all parties in the legislature that we needed to run a deficit to protect the economy and protect British Columbia. That was a a crisis. So the EB government's breaking that record three times. Where's the crisis? Um, You know, again, another NDP line is, oh, well, (laughs) sure, you know, all the right-wingers, they want want us to manage uh, spending. No, let's talk about John Horgan government. John Horgan didn't lack for compassion. John Horgan and Carol James didn't lack for an awareness that we needed to increase spending and to make up for all the cuts and restraint under the BC Liberals. But John Horgan, in spite of all that, managed to deliver four surplus budgets in six tries. And the only serious deficit he ran was the one he needed to run in the depths of the pandemic. So all the guff from the New Democrats about no alternatives, it's not borne out by the record of their own party in office under John Horgan. What is the political calculation here, Vaughn? I'm kind of struggling to understand it. You know, I just think it's an utter failure to manage. You know, I, I uh, asked one question in the lockup using the government's own documents. So the New Democrats have four hospital projects that have gone wildly over budget. Uh, the new one in Surrey, 68% over budget, and they just broke ground on it. New hospital in Dawson Creek, 62%. New hospital in Williams Lake, 58%. New hospital in Cowichan, and it's 62%. And I asked the minister, like, if that's the best you can do in terms of your own budget numbers, why should we believe any of the numbers in here? And she said, oh, well, you know, there's all kinds of factors out there that are leading to overruns in hospital construction. Yeah, and those are well known. So why hasn't the government come up with better estimates rather than constantly surprising itself with these overruns. Yeah, why not build that into the budget? I don't understand that. That's that's a good example, you know. Uh, And you go all the way through it, and I just think, you know, washing your hands and saying, well, only a right-winger could actually make a better budget than this. No, anybody could, actually. That's the the thing. And, you know, that leads Simi into the other storyline in the lockup. We were all struggling to go, What's all this debt paying for? 
it was a real struggle to find the shiny, bright objects in the budget that you could say, oh, well, yeah, okay, so British Columbians are getting this and this and this and this and this, right? And it was a struggle. I mean, I think that's the reason that the, the coverage was, you know, meh, was because you're getting a massive amount of debt and no real indication what you're getting for it. I think most of the coverage was, uh, you know, there's things here and there that you can point to, but not an awful lot. Uh, and Sydney, I think that leads to the other thing you hear. You know, they, they say, well, the public doesn't care about deficits and debt anymore. You know, what's been going on with the Trudeau government and all that. I think I would say that's more nuanced. <clears throat> if people feel they're getting a lot for the debt and deficit, a lot that's needed, like what we needed to do during COVID, I think it's true that people accept that there are times when governments need to go significantly into debt and deficit. But to just do it as a matter of routine, as this government is doing, I don't, I don't know as though the public does buy that because I think people are going to say, what am I getting for it? And man, is it hard to come up with a highlights package from that budget. It's a bit of a test, though, isn't it? To see, will the public... There was a time when you just you simply could not do this politically. Nope. And is this a test to see, can we do this politically? Yeah, no, I, I think that is a test. And I think, you know, if you go back to what the Horgan government tried to do, and Carol James in particular, they, so, I mean, they were guided by that experience that the New Democrats exactly. had in the 1990s. Yeah. And that's why they were determined to wherever possible, manage provincial finances. And that's why they tried to maintain the province's credit rating and did so. You know, I think it, it's a record that at the time, uh, I wrote a bunch of things praising them for it because the credit rating agencies came back and said, no, this government is doing a good job. And because they did that, when a crisis hit, we were able to run a big deficit with no impact on the provincial, on the fiscal health of the province, right? That's why you do it in bad times, right? Katrina Conroy's line yesterday was, the debt is manageable. Well, it's managed a bull because past governments managed it. And he didn't just say, well, people are needy. We just need to spend and spend and spend. Um you know, it, the, the Horton government did not lack for compassion. It didn't lack for trying to do more uh, and make up for some of the programs that had been starved and underfunded under the liberals. And in spite of all that, they still managed, as I said, four surplus budgets in six tries. Uh, that's a record you can point to and say, why can't this government do the same? All right, we are breaking down the provincial budget with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. So, Vaughn, what are we getting for this? Oh, man, is that a song for this year's provincial budget. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, yeah, We you? both love the Eagles, but we do. wow. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we look at that because, you know, in, in fairness, I think the public has changed its attitude about debt and deficits, and partly because they're looking at some of the things they're getting for it, and that those things needed to be addressed. But it was a struggle with this budget. One example, uh, Surrey schools. We've done plenty of stories. Yes. Portables. 
double-decker portables in Surrey. This is where the New Democrats hold a whole bunch of seats, virtually all of them, right? And so we've got this massive capital plan. You go to the list, it's in the budget, of brand new schools that had been added to the schedule this year. There's only one, and it's not in Surrey. It's here in Victoria Capital Region, Cedar Hill Middle School. And I'm going like... I don't get it. <laughs> the people in Surrey, it's real out there. Ask Katrina Conway about it, and she said, well, you know, I was out in Surrey the other day, and they've got these lovely new modular schools that they're building. So it doesn't sound to me like, the you know, again, if you're in Surrey, you know, oh, geez, what are we getting for this thing? Um, a lot of us did look at the BC hydro rebate or the energy rebate. Getting. <clears throat> and you may remember when the energy minister dropped that memo last fall, it had a reference in it to the need for some bright, shiny object from hydro. So I assume this is it. It is, uh, works out, it's about $100 per household, and it is intended to compensate people for the increase, just the increase in the carbon tax that's coming this year. So uh, don't get the idea in your head it's going to cover off what you're paying in the carbon tax. Uh, if you've looked at your natural gas bill lately, you know that the carbon tax is now about 50% more of your bill than the cost of the gas itself. So that's where we're headed with carbon taxes. But the money for this thing, this rebate, credit, uh, is coming from BC Hydro. So $370 million taken out of BC Hydro. Um, Simi, you will remind when the, remember, and I will remember when the New Democrats were opposed to using Crown Corporations yeah. as cash machines. Okay, fine, that was then, this is now. They took $300 million out of it uh, when David Eby first became Premier in order to provide a $100 cash payback uh, for Hydro, and now they've taken another $370 million out of Hydro. But Hydro's losing money. Hydro's losing money because it had to rustle up 20% of its power uh, last year um, from outside sources, and that's expensive. And the only way they've been able to balance the books there is to do two things, hydro seeking a rate increase and divert money from their deferral accounts. So yes, hydro is seeking to raise its rates and the government is taking money from hydro and giving it back to people in the form of a rebate. And if this government thinks that ratepayers can't figure that equation out, uh, I think it's underestimating the intelligence of uh, the British Columbians, myself. I, I, that transaction is just smoke and mirrors, shell game, election year stuff. I don't, I don't see that actually adding up to anything people are going to be impressed by. It's almost like BC Hydro is the new uh, ICBC. Yeah, the new cash cow. You know, and, and, and it'd be precise how they do this, right? They order BC Hydro to do it. They then order the independent BC Utilities Commission to approve it. So put aside any notion that we have independent regulation of BC Hydro, as the New Democrats promised in opposition. 
the cabinet tells hydro what to do and then they tell the independent utilities commission what to do and we discovered last year when the premier doesn't like what the utilities commission is doing he fires the chair and ceo of the utilities commission so this is as heavy-handed as we've ever seen on this stuff and you know at the end of the day yes you're going to get 100 bucks for relief but understand that the other hand from government is trying to get it back, claw it back by seeking a rate increase for BC Hydro. Okay, so you you've been doing this for a while, Vaughn. Uh, yes. You you've seen a lot of budgets come and go. Have you seen one like this before? Not in an election year, I have to say. Um, the only thing, the only calculation I can figure out is. Conroy said one thing yesterday. She was asked, well, is this all election year stuff? And she said, well, if we were thinking about an elect- the election, there'd have been a lot more in the budget. So I don't get it. Huge, that, so I, I took that as a hint. There's more to come. I took that as a hint that what they're actually doing is holding back the bright, shiny objects for the NDP election platform, which we will get later this year. She did put aside a lot of money into contingency funds, unallocated. In the past, that kind of money has been used to pay um, pay increases for public servants in the middle of negotiations, so they don't want to give away how much money they have for, for the unions. They wait till the contract's signed, then they take the money out of contingencies. Well, we're not in the middle of negotiations now. So there's, there's billions of dollars there. Uh, they said, well, it's for a crisis, uh, another atmospheric river, this one not of debt, but water, uh, wildfires. We do need to hold back more money these days because of that. And the economy is growing slowly, but it's possible that they will have that money to draw on and be able to finance the election platform as well. And near as I can figure out, that's maybe where the new schools in Surrey are going to be. That's maybe where some of the other bright, shiny objects are going to be. They're holding it back for the election platform, the elections in the fall. We used to have elections in the spring, right in the middle of the budget cycle. So governments didn't have much choice. If they wanted an election budget, they had to announce it on the spot. Right. These guys can wait because the election doesn't really start, the full campaign doesn't start until after Labor Day. Yeah, that makes more sense. Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simi. All right, that was Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun breaking down the budget for us.